All right, we are on the air, and good morning, everybody. Some technical issues there. We seem to have our share of them occasionally, and this may be an occasion. So happy occasion to you. Hope you're having a good day, and uh, we'll uh, try to get this straightened out. So uh, anyway, it's a it's a beautiful Saturday across the state of Texas. It's been a gorgeous gardening week. Nice to have the rain last week. Nice to have increasingly nice weather for a few more days. I'm Neil Sperry, and we are here to answer your lawn and garden questions. Pick up that phone. Give us a call. Jared Taylor is running the boards, and uh, we're both trying to figure out what is uh, hanging up on our uh, connection. We'll see if we can get that done. But otherwise, I'm here. I'm live. 888-256-1080. And that's for the uh, Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call me right now, won't you please? 888-256-1080. Call now. We can talk about anything that you would like to address. If you had a little bit of frost or freeze this week, what can you do now? If, uh, on the other hand, you uh, are just trying to get ready for that, we can talk about that. November means the time to begin a lot of the uh, lot of the things that you couldn't do until now, and uh, things that you can do in the uh, in the dormant months. It's a little bit early to jump the gun on transplanting and pruning and things of that sort, but uh, there always is tidy-up pruning uh, that we can do uh, once we uh, are committed to the winter time. So I'm just going to let it go with that, and we'll uh, try to get the uh, try to get the phone lines established. Not able to hook through the internet. That is my problem right now. So I'm just going to close that out, and we'll. Uh, Hope for the best. See what happens. Um, it uh, is an interesting gardening time because uh, this is a transition where you say, well, the wax begonias still look awfully pretty. I don't want to take them out right now. And you say, yeah, but if I wait too long, then the pansies won't get established before the uh, cold weather runs in. And I get that. I get that completely. But it still is a good idea to go ahead and make that uh, change out and um be uh, ready for your winter color program. Keep mowing your lawn at the same height at which you have been mowing it. That's very important because if you let it get too tall, uh, it's not good for the grass. It doesn't help the winter uh, hardiness of the grass. And for goodness sakes, please keep the leaves picked up off the lawn because they will pack down, mat down, and they'll trap moisture beneath them. And if you have St. Augustine especially, and to a degree fescue and zoysia, you will increase the likelihood, the odds that you'll have disease problems in that turf grass. So you don't want that. So those are some things we can talk about. But I need to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you right now. Please pick up that phone. Give us a call. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. Let's get the program underway by getting a break out of the way, and then we'll be ready for calls. I hope you will make a call. Uh, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is my book, and I have it on sale again and uh, for a limited time. But I'd like to help you with a holiday gift-giving idea. This would make the perfect gift for any gardener on your list anywhere in the state of Texas. When I wrote this book, I had in mind every county in Texas. And it's kind of difficult to write a book that will apply from El Paso to Beaumont and from uh, Corpus Christi or Brownsville all the way to Amarillo, but I think I accomplished it. You'll be the judge of that because I guarantee your satisfaction or I'll refund every penny. 
And you say, well, I'll just go into a bookstore and take a look, and I'll make that decision myself. And the truth is, not in bookstores. It's not on Amazon. The book is self-published, and I did that so that I could determine who I would have as my editor and my graphic designer, Carolyn Skye and Cindy Smith, respectively. The three of us did this book, 344 pages, 840 of my best photographs. It has a huge amount of text. I worked a year putting this book together. It covers every aspect of outdoor gardening, from lawns and landscapes to fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. And it has a 48-page calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. It's a hardback printed in Texas on high-quality paper, and it's only $34.95. Isn't that the perfect price point for a gift, somebody that is important to you? Well, you can get it by calling my office during the week or by going to my website in the next moment. <laughs> Hurry! <laughs> and uh, that price is good for a limited time. And uh, it'll be a signed copy. I sign the books as they sell. Here are the two ways you can order it now. One is the uh, is the website, neilsperry.com. I'll spell it for you in just a second. The other is my office. The phone number is 800 752 GROW. And that's open weekdays, 9 until 5. 800 752 4769. But the better way is to order it right now at N E I L S P E R R Y dot com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Let me tell you about the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. These are men and women who have studied long and hard hours. They've passed a really difficult, uh, difficult exam that covers all aspects of horticulture. They know what they're talking about. They are your experts. They are the ones you want to talk to when you go nursery shopping. You will find them at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. They are Texas certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals. They'll, they'll ensure you that you get the best plants, the best products, and the best service. Ask them your questions and uh, look for that name badge and that emblem. That'll be your assurance of the best in nursery help. And uh, you don't have to wonder anymore about if you're getting good quality help. This program's been around 40 years. I've had the joy of watching it from day one, and I'm so proud to recommend them to you. Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals available to you only at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. We'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. Appreciate that. And we are ready to go to the phone lines. Thank you for calling. Those of you who take the time to call, I am very grateful, very, very grateful. Let's go to Robin in Bowie. Robin, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I had a couple of questions. Uh, three of my uh, red oaks are turning brown already, and one of them's lost its leaves. So I don't know. Are they dying? or I don't know. The others are just turning a little bit. Robin, red oaks will all... Uh, be different uh, genetically. They're all different. That's true for mm -hmm. all oaks. You'll notice. You'll notice that live oaks will vary from one tree to the next tree. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't worry about it at all. Was was the one that turned brown healthy back in August and July? Yes, they were. They were healthy. They just 
It'll be fine. It'll be just fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Okay. The other question I have is we have these little tiny, uh, I call them stickers, but they're real soft little burr things. And I can't, I'm digging them up because can't get rid of them. But I didn't know if it's too late to put pre-emergent out. Well, yeah, if, if you can see the, the weeds, if you can see the, the seeds, the, the burrs, then yes, pre-emergents have to go on pre before they emerge, uh-huh. before they germinate. And so okay. if you're seeing them now, then that has to go on in the spring, in March, the middle oh. of March. In, in Bowie, you would put it on mid-March, probably between the 10th and 20th of March in Bowie, in Montague okay. County. Okay. And then 90, and then mm-hmm. 90 days later... Now, you're going to need to take us. I'd take a sample into a farm supply store in Bowie mm-hmm. and ask them ask them what it is. And because you need to know if it's a broadleafed uh, plant or a grassy plant, and that will determine what mm-hmm. kind of pre-emergent you would use. That's, that's well, something I'm going to have to let you do. Oh, okay. Well, and do that now. Yeah. Do that now. I'd, I'd also, mm-hmm. Robin, I'd also take a photograph of it now, a good, clear photograph of it now so you have that for record as well but i'd get it identified this fall so you'll know what to use if it's a if it's a grass it doesn't sound like graspers if it's a grass you would use either uh, a dimension or halts or bayland if it is a broadleafed burr you'd use a product called gallery but there's a cheaper way to do that, and that would be to use a broadleaf weed killer spray once it comes up and grows in the spring. But that, oh, that's okay. where the that's where the farm supply store will be able to help you when they see it. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. I appreciate your call. Take care. All right, let's go on to another call. I'm I'm going to move as quickly as I can through the call, so you don't have to wait very long. But I also want to count on you to fill the lines back in again. 888-256-1080. Call now, please. 888-256-1080. We have Ron in Corpus Christi. Ron, it's Neil. Good morning. Neil, good morning. Uh, you guys are actually preempted today for football, but I, I wanted to get in. Uh, All right. My question, for you, my question for you is your opinion on carapia. The, uh, that's, at least that's what they, uh, I've heard it, it's different. It's a uh, tangled tangle fruit it's frog fruit i think i call it frog fruit what is your opinion on that as a ground cover i have not grown it um, i would try it in a small area and see how you do with it um i haven't had a question on it in a long long time i think it, it, I'd, I'd it, would it's have. actually what i what i didn't know is if i know there's new cultivars out because i saw there's different colors the traditional one is white that grows just native around right. here but right, I'm, I'm aware. There, would there be a difference? I mean, is it like when you see those new ones coming out, are they going to be a better, you know, like anything else that sometimes are improved over time for, you know, resistance to rotting or things of that nature? I, or, I, mean, I don't know that they would be. Usually when people, I, I'm really speaking uh, on thin ice right now, Ron, I'd, I'd rather tell you that than, than uh, try to bluff my way through it. I don't know. But usually when a new color of something is brought out, that is the difference. Uh, it's it's just, quite just rare that somebody just says, well, not only do I now have a blue daylily, but it's also resistant to aphids. Heck, you weren't looking for aphid resistance. You were looking for a blue daylily. <laughs> yeah. 
And right, exactly. And so you know that's that's uh, that's more likely just the the color difference. I would guess. You got it. Neil, on a on a separate subject, on okay, on Bermuda, I've got Bermuda in a couple areas that I ultimately want to plant. You know, make a, a bet out of it, and just you know, mm-hmm. what, what to uh, can you go in there and excavate two or three inches and leave the roots in the ground, or are those or is that, are they is it literally going to regenerate off the roots? Oh, it absolutely will come back from the roots. Three inches might be deep enough to get rid of it if you took. If you took, uh, mind you, I have a different way I want to recommend to you, but old style, if, if we took three inches of soil out, we probably could get rid of the Bermuda. Um, and But then you'd have to bring new soil in, and you'd hope there wasn't any Bermuda in that. Uh, the, the way for the last 40 years that most of us have gotten rid of the Bermuda is to use a glyphosate weed killer, such as the original Roundup or Cleanup, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, clone that came on once the patent ran out that's kind of what i figured that's, that's kind of what that's I, a great it, product you can, you really can not not that anybody would want to do this but you could write your name in script using a glyphosate in a bermuda lawn it is that precise it goes right here and only right here if i'm using a pump sprayer uh, it is it is just incredibly precise I saw a, a friend of mine uh, was operating a, a growing nursery uh, in the ground, you know, where he planted the trees in the ground, and he wanted to get rid of an acre of Bermuda, and he had zero Bermuda left, and it doesn't contaminate the soil. It's strictly above ground. And where yeah, you it, are in Corpus Christi, you still have green Bermuda, so you can still do that. Folks who've had a frost uh, could not. Uh, most of Texas has not had frost yet. But oh, good, anyway. good, good point. Good point. You're saying really for that thing to be active, it's got to be. It can't have already browned out. It, it really should be in a in a green state when you're going to apply it something like to, that. It has to be actively growing because it it goes in through the green tissue and it kills the uh, the leaves and the and the the runners and and therefore there's nothing left of the of gotcha. the roots at that point. Gotcha. And then you can plant like a couple of weeks later, two, three weeks after you yes. do something like that? Yeah, you okay. need to give it, it – yeah, it, it it doesn't go into the soil and kill through the soil, so that's not why we're waiting the two or three weeks. We're giving it a fair chance to kill out the runners. But at that point, you can, uh, you can rototill and rake out the debris, or you can just take a – what I use is a nursery spade, or it's called a, a, a tile spade. And all the orthopedic surgeons are saying, hey, great business for us. I, I'd lay mine on almost parallel to the ground and push it with my knee. <laughs> and not, exactly. a, not a good plan generally. But when it's moist and you can just slice that soil and get the runners off that way. I've done whole yards when I was planting sod, uh, taking That's the sod so up that way. Which may explain why I had a couple of knee surgeries. But <laughs> <laughs> well, great, anyway, great information, Neil. It will work. Hey, I appreciate your call always, Ron. Yes, Thank sir. you, sir. Thank you. Take care. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All right. Okay, now our deal is you will call if I open a line for you. I have opened two lines for you. Remember your promise, 888-256-1080. Call now, won't you please? We're having some technical issues with our computer line, so we're using the old-fashioned um, iPhone 15 or 14 or whatever it is. That's not too old-fashioned. 888-256-1080. Call now, won't you please, for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We are live 
and uh, live means like like to have some calls now. How about those Texas Rangers? Wasn't that nice? Uh, I'm in North Texas, and I mean I could have rooted for the Astros too, but I've been living in North Texas since 1970, and I was here when Tom Vandergriff brought the Rangers to Texas and from Washington. And it's just so cool to get to celebrate uh, for our first time. That was really, really nice. And it was nice to see the young men in their parade yesterday and the, the uh, uh, just a lot of class there, it seemed like. That's nice. I, uh, I need to read to you something. Our son, who was a good friend of a gentleman by the name of Ted Nichols Payne, and what uh, what Todd wrote, the very good friend we all were. Uh, Ted helped set up all of my broadcast equipment, and, and he was the engineer for the Rangers broadcast until we lost him suddenly in July a year ago. Todd spoke at his funeral, in fact, our son. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what Todd said after this break. Let me uh, right now, though, tell you about Fertilome. Fertilome is a Texas-based company. And I like that a lot. I'm, I'm a Texas-based person. Fall feeding is one of the most critical feeding times for your lawn. That's true for uh, warm season grasses. And now it's really true for ryegrass and especially those of you who have fescue. A well-fed, healthy lawn can better endure the hardships of winter. So prepare it soon with Fertilone Winterizer for established lawns. A number of years ago, Fertilum used the findings of local university studies to design this winterizer product specifically for Texas. Fertilum winterizer has a 10-0-14 analysis and is formulated to convert quickly and easily into stored nutrition that will feed your lawn throughout the harsh winter months and have it ready for the spring. And uh, it'll be all set and ready to roll, and it's going to be the greenest, most beautiful lawn come springtime. It's safe on all types of lawns. Just gently water it in after applying it. Yards fed with Fertilone Winterizer in the fall look great over the winter if they're cool season grasses, and they're the first to green up in the spring if they're warm season grasses. Fertilone Winterizer for established lawns can be found at independently owned garden centers, feed stores, and nurseries all across Texas. Fertilone products made in Texas, sold in Texas, and perfect for Texas. Fertilone Winterizer. Lawn fertilizer. Uh, more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Uh, we have a couple open lines right now. If you'd like to call, it is 888-256-1080, as Kelly mentioned to you. And a couple calls on, on hold. Mentioned that Ted Nichols Payne. Ted uh, worked at the flagship station of the Rangers broadcast for a long time. And uh, everybody loved Ted. Never heard anybody say a disparaging mark or remark about him. And uh, he had been our friend, my wife and mine. And then he became the friend of our sons. And he stayed with our son in California when they went out for cowboy training camp. And and uh, I guess before Rangers uh, spring training. And uh, so we uh, we knew Ted very, very, very well. And Todd was just crushed when, when Ted just suddenly passed away. In, it's been about 15 months now. Ted was hilarious and a very dry wit. We all got text messages with goofy photos, uh, selfies from Ted. And uh, Eric Nadell, 
uh, Rangers broadcaster, Hall of Fame broadcaster, uh, loved Ted, too. We all did. And Todd, when the Rangers won the World Series, uh, texted my son, our son Brian and me, and here's the quote. I just wrote it out so I'd have it exactly right. Back in the booth, looking over his newspaper while wearing reading glasses and asking Eric if something good just happened. It's like he was disinterested in everything. He wasn't at all. That's just the way Ted would have been sitting back there with his newspaper they'd pick up and act like he wasn't paying any attention. He was. He was the best, best guy. So anyway, he didn't get mentioned enough in all of this. I heard it a couple times, though. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Judy in Amarillo. Judy, this is, I'm sorry, Joan. I've got two people, and I took them in the wrong order. Joan in Amarillo. Joan, this is uh, Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I was going to ask, uh, is it too late for me to plant pansies? And I'm going to hang Amarillo? up and let you answer. Thank you so much in, for your in, program. In, 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 a, whoa, in Amarillo? Joan? Man, she had a hang-up finger ready, didn't she? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, it is uh, probably not too late. The problem that we have in Amarillo is it gets really cold in Amarillo. And uh, so I would really have some frost cloth handy. And as the tree leaves come down or have come down, I would gather them and uh, have them ready to put on top of the pansies if you need to, if it's going to get just extraordinarily cold. Pansies make it through the winter in Amarillo. Those of you who live in the uh, in the rest of the state um, need to know how special it is to garden in Amarillo. I've uh, been there many times, and and uh, t- people take a lot of pride in their gardens in Amarillo because it's not easy. Uh, it is about 10 steps out of Colorado, and <laughs> it's, it's really cold. It's a lot different from Lubbock, and you look at a map and you think, oh, they're all the same up there. They're not. It's just different plants, different climate, and uh, um, I was up there in late winter one year, and the pansies were, were just beautiful. They were coming into bloom, and uh, but they, they will require, especially being planted this late, they will require uh, protection if it gets cold anytime quickly. Uh, that's always a good plan. Frost cloth is really your, your friend uh, because it will gain you uh, 8 or 10 degrees, 7 or 8 degrees worth of winter protection, and it will help uh, break that, that, uh, that blast of cold uh, north wind that hits the plants. And and it, what it really is doing is is changing the rapid fluctuation of soil temperatures. That's what will hurt pansies and pinks and the other winter plants more than anything. So, no, I think you can go ahead and plant them, water them immediately, keep them growing on nice days as much as you can. Use water-soluble high-nitrogen fertilizer to get them established as quickly as possible. Be sure when you buy your plants that you're getting really vigorous plants and then be prepared to protect them. And, and if a cold front is coming through, which they will, then uh, be sure to uh, water ahead of the cold front so that they go into the cold spell properly hydrated. Appreciate your call, Joan. Thank you, and be uh, safe driving. Let's go to Judy in Amarillo. Now we have two in a row here. That's a good thing. Judy, this is Neil. How may I help you? Well, I have a couple of questions, and I appreciated your comments about 
gardening here because I'm terrible at it, and I have nicknamed no. this place the Yukon. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just I know it's a challenge, and and uh, it's it's just the the low humidity and and all the things yeah. that enter into the picture. But those of you who who try are to be commended, and those of you who succeed are are, are uh, just middle stubborn, winners. I guess. Yep, that's okay, right. my first my first question is: I have some red hot pokers, and I need to transplant them and and get them out of where they are. Is it should I wait and do that later? Uh, in the year, and then the second thing was I have a live oak tree that I think the cold weather got it. Um, we've treated it a little bit, but I was just wondering if there's something else that I can treat it, uh, a root treatment or something like that, to help it a little bit. Okay, I'll try to help you. The live oak is going to require some questions back to you. Uh, let me okay. do the red hot poker first. Um, I would, uh, if you're going to transplant them, dig and divide them, I would do it as soon as you can now to get them reestablished. I uh, might have been better a month ago or three or four, uh, uh, two or three weeks ago, but do it as soon as you can. We've got a, okay. a string of some fair weather, pretty good weather coming ahead here for a little while. And so you're probably okay to do it. Just don't wait too much longer. As far as the live oak is concerned, you say the cold got it. What, what, uh, what happened? Did it lose it, bark it on just, the trunk? Uh, no, the trunk looks fine. It just has lots of uh, dead branches up in the tree itself, up in the canopy, and it it uh, there's some I can't get to to cut out because I feel like that's dangerous to the tree itself as far as some of them are fairly large, and they might break and do some damage. But there, there just seems to be a lot of dead stuff up there and I don't I don't know why. I really don't know if it was the cause right. or what. But when when did it when did it die? Did it die after February of twenty twenty one or uh, did it die after so. December of twenty two? Okay, so it was the cold spell back uh, almost two years ago I, then. Yes sir, I believe so. And I've tried the the drenches around the roots and I may just need to do it again. I I don't know. Well okay but yeah that's not gonna help with dead wood. Um, the, uh, the live oaks across Texas were really hurt by the cold in, in February of 21. And the reason for that was they were gearing up and just about ready to start losing their leaves and budding out with their new growth. And that cold mm -hmm. spell was extraordinary. And, and that's what the capital yeah. E when you start talking about Amarillo, because you're so far North, it got really, how cold did you get then? Do you remember? Oh, I don't know. We get down below zero occasionally, not often, well, but occasionally, and it's just... <laughs> no, I, I know that, but that one was so extraordinary because it was very cold right. and very late in the winter season. And so, and what's so hard here is it gets... all the way to the coast. Live oaks were damaged all the way to the coast in that cold okay. spell. So were, so were all the landscape plants. And mm -hmm. uh, so many of them lost their bark. It was called radial shake. It's a term okay. that I had never heard before, and the Texas A&M Forest Service uh, uh, pointed it out to all of us that we're going to lose a significant portion of our live oaks in Texas. I think it ended up probably being 10 or 15 percent of the live oaks were killed by that cold. So you need to check the trunk and make triply sure before you do anything else that there is bark okay. intact all the way around or most of the way around. You don't have to go out and pound it and peel it and do anything like that, but but just make sure there's no bark falling off and, and leaving bare wood exposed. Okay, second phase would be um, 
I think at some point you you may want to have a certified arborist come out, look at the tree, climb the tree if needed. Those branches will fall. They're, it's not a matter of will they fall. It's a matter of when they will fall. And if yeah. they're heavy and are going to damage, uh, if, if you, I'm not suggesting you do the pruning, but if if you, I'm, I'm just saying, if you were to do the pruning and did it improperly, and they broke a bunch of other branches out or, or did damage to your house or whatever, that's going to happen mm-hmm. if they break on their own. So it needs they need to be tended to one way or the other. They need to be looked at and tended to. So I would look for a certified arborist and have the tree inspected carefully to see if there are problems up there that you need to know about. I was told that it was unusual to have a live oak this far north. So. It is. It absolutely is north of Lubbock. It sure is. Over 30 years old. I, I know it's much older than even that. So, Yeah. It's here when, it was well, here when we moved in. You've been fortunate. You've been fortunate. Yeah. They, they, as I mentioned in the first call today, oaks vary genetically from one tree to the next. And so that's how you've been lucky enough to to keep it because it's been through some other bad winters. But, but that's... Oh, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, you need to have it looked at. You really do. I will. Thank you. Thank you. Atta girl. Thank you. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, let me tell you about my book. It is Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. If you're in the mind of uh, getting a book for your own library or giving one to somebody who gardens anywhere in Texas, from Amarillo to Beaumont or Laredo or uh, anywhere, this book is written for every one of the 254 counties in the state of Texas. Chapter one, for example, is the basics of gardening in Texas. It shows all of the different climatic zones of Texas as they pertain to hardiness zones and why I thought and think that uh, the the most recent USDA plant hardiness zone map was incorrect. And boy, we have proven that uh, in, in a couple of winters, recent, very recent winters, these two that I just mentioned. And so you need to have this because I have the 1990 map in the book along with the 2012 map. Uh, It has 200, I'm sorry, uh, it has 344 pages, 840 of my uh, photographs. It has more than uh, 25 multi-page charts. For example, the 120 best uh, perennials for Texas. And those are incredibly detailed charts. They were actually posters that I published that we sold for $10 each. And now here you can get to the, the whole poster as part of the book. The book itself is, is $34.95. That's a sale price for a limited time. The poster of that it takes uh, about four pages of the book. And uh, you have another former poster, 100 Best Annuals, and that also would cost you $10, but you get it as part of the book. You're not getting a poster. You're getting it right in the book. So anyway, I spent a, a couple of days with my wife transcribing that into the into the pages of the book. I, I digress. You need to see the book to understand what I'm saying. 840 photographs. It's just well illustrated and a huge amount of information. Everything from lawns and landscapes to fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. Your satisfaction is completely guaranteed. I sign every copy as it sells. And as mentioned, it is $34.95, not in stores, not on Amazon. You order it from my office or my website. The office phone number weekdays is 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W, 800-752-4769. The better way is to order it directly from my uh, website, and that's 
Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I'll have more after these messages. That's my buddy Ke- Kelly Robinson. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. We've worked together for 37 years now, I think. We got to uh, talk in old times not too long ago. I think it's what we decided it was. So anyway, 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080. Hope you give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, there is a disease that's showing up in St. Augustine now. Every year about now, I tell you about it, but I'm now telling you about something that's called large patch that we all used to call brown patch. No idea why they changed the name. No idea in the world. Uh, it does not make large patches. Well, where'd that come from? It makes brown patches. That was a great name. Worked for all of my career, but now we've got to change it to large patch for some reason. Uh, the patches are 18 to 24 inches in diameter, sometimes 30 inches. They look like you put a garbage can lid down on the lawn, a metal one, and it just singed the grass, turns yellow, and then a day or two later it turns brown. You go out and pull on the on the blades, and they come loose in your hands. They separate easily from the runners. It doesn't show up until it turns cool and, and wet, moist, like it has this week. And... Um, it doesn't kill the runners. It doesn't kill the roots. And yes, you're right. The grass comes back, but it does weaken the grass. And so you do want to try to control it. The fungicide azoxystrobin. Let's say that together, class. Azoxystrobin. Good. Uh, that one is the one that will control it like it controls gray leaf spot in the summer and take all root rot in the spring. That's the one that uh, will control it. There are other fungicides that probably will, but that's the best one. And um, you do want to control it. And that's St. Augustine, but it'll hit in Zoysia uh, as well. And I had it in fescue when I planted fescue on a trial basis. So be uh, be alerted to that and uh, get it under control before it does any serious uh, disfigurement of your St. Augustine lawn. Neil Spray's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer to your email Thursdays right around 6 p.m. Uh, there always are five stories. There's a featured plant of the week. There are garden questions that I answer for you, and there's gardening this weekend where I point out the things that you need to get done that weekend in your landscape and garden, and then a couple of other stories. If you want to see what eGardens looks like, go to my website. That's Neil com N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. And uh, you also, while you're there, uh, can uh, buy my book. That's the one place you can buy my book, at com while I have it on that great sale price. So I hope you'll do both. But look at eGardens and sign up, and uh, it is free and always will be. I will never give or sell your email address to anybody, nor will I ever spam you. So take a look at it. Go to neilsperry.com, click on eGardens. Let me tell you about the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association certification program. I was uh, still working with Texas A&M at the time that this program was uh, in the uh, headwaters. And then it began, and uh, I believe Sterling Cornelius was given certification number one, Texas Certified Nursery Professional number one. And... Um, now there are thousands of them, thousands of men and women who proudly wear the name badges and emblems of Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery 
professionals all across the state of Texas. That's your assurance that you're getting the best in nursery help and nursery products and nursery services. They're at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. And for the most part, that's going to be at local, independently owned nurseries and uh, other businesses in the nursery industry. That's what you want is really reliable nursery help. Look for the name badges and emblems of the Texas Certified and Master Certified Nursery Professionals at members of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. We're going to go to a call from Sweetwater in a moment. Our son went through Sweetwater about this time yesterday. He, uh, oh my goodness, he took one of his children, his daughter to Colorado to look at two universities. She's a senior, high school senior, and then brought her home on Monday. On Tuesday, he flew his son to Phoenix to see game four. And on Wednesday, he flew back and then drove to Lubbock after the Mavericks game, which he worked as a statistician. He got into Lubbock at 4 a.m., and what did he do there? He did the TCU game and then drove to Austin. And that was what took him through Sweetwater. And he's doing the Texas-Kansas uh, State game right now while we're, while we're here. Uh, he has two daughters down there with him. Uh, holy cow. Hello, Sweetwater. This is Evelyn. Good morning, Evelyn. I just wore myself out thinking about all that. How can I help you? Yes. I am interested in knowing how to cure for uh, rose bushes. I recently moved uh, to this new location, and it has rose bushes, and they've been beautiful all summer. But now we're getting winter time, and I'm wondering when what I need to do. Someone said I could have them trimmed in December. Is that a good idea, or what no? That's not a good time. Uh, bush roses are pruned. Uh, at a very specific time and in a very specific way. They should be pruned by 50%, by half, and it needs to be done uh, in in early to mid-February. There's about a two- or three-week window in that time period. If you prune them too early and you get a warm spell, they'll try to grow and they'll get frozen. And if you wait too long, they will be growing and you'll be pruning off new growth and you don't want to do that. So uh, early February is is the good compromise. Well, I appreciate your info because that's exactly what I'll do. I've never taken care of roses before. Sure. Evelyn, there's one other thing on pruning roses, and that is that you need to uh, make each cut right. And and I'll I'll say this as plainly as I can. I'm kind of out of practice on it because of a disease that is common in parts of Texas. You want to prune right above a bud that faces away from the center of the plant. And that means that that bud will then grow, and it will grow out away from the center. That way the plant doesn't get congested. So prune them by half right above a bud that faces away from the center. Right, right above a bud that faces away from the center. I will remember yeah. that. and remember a girl. <laughs> you can do it. i got to run. I appreciate your call. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Happy gardening.